Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hello and welcome back to the Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast. How are you guys doing? Again, we are at full complement as we run into Christmas and the 1872 Cup. To my left is Matt. How are you, pal? Good, mate. Just had some barbecue beef for the hoops. Such Primed, a, ready to go. Good su- snack. Such a high quality snack. Yeah, Other really snacks good. are probably available, but if Hula Hoops want to sponsor us, that is fine. Alan, to my right, how are you, pal? Good. Caffeinated up with my Diet Coke. Diet Coke. <laughs> See, this is how product placement can work so <laughs> seamlessly on the this Scottish Rugby Podcast. Thanks a lot for joining us, guys. It's been another great weekend of Scottish Rugby. Two big European wins for us to look back at and also look ahead to the first match in the 1872 Cup. You've been keeping in touch with us on Twitter. That is at Thistle Rugby Pods on Instagram, Thistle underscore rugby underscore pod and sliding into those emails, thethistlerugby at gmail.com. And as ever, you can get onto iTunes and give us a five-star review. So dipping in to my Santa's sack of correspondence, this one, I think, is I, I don't know if this is a Christmas present. Let's have a look. From the social tight head. He says, one stars, definitely, if these guys are going to definitely interview people, they need to learn how to definitely do it, definitely. The interviews are definitely awkward, definitely. Oh, the lads say definitely a lot. <laughs> so, Merry Christmas to you too, the social, the social <laughs> tighthead. Social tighthead, I think, follows us on Twitter and is quite positive overall, but he's showing his true colours here. It also feels like dropping it to a one star for overuse of the word definitely it just feels like a really aggressive rating system <laughs> like maybe a three or something i don't know yeah. there's there, it feels that there is like nuance in the middle there i actually do think we probably do say the word definitely quite a lot though definitely so let's have a look at the agenda lots of news to get through including lots of breaking news today 
and then looking back at Glasgow's big win in the monsoon conditions against Lyon and then Edinburgh down at Kingston Park with another win as well. And then we're going to look ahead to the 1872 Cup. And we've been absolutely delighted to be joined by Adam Hastings. We had about 10 minutes with him earlier. He's on his way to Hugh Jones' birthday party. So he's got some really great stuff to say and some great stories from the weekend as well. So stay tuned for that. But from a Scottish hero to a Scottish anti-hero, Scott Johnson has been announced he's going to be the new director of rugby of Australian rugby, leaving Scotland after the Six Nations in March. Alan, what were your views on that? I've kind of like forgotten why everyone dislikes Scott Johnson. Uh, and actually, when I was sort of looking at it objectively this afternoon, and you sort of go through probably over his four-year tenure sort of the progression of the Scotland team under Cotter and Townsend, initially the progression of Glasgow getting that first Pro 12 win and now Edinburgh. And then also looking at how well the academy structure Mm. seems to be working and also women's and sevens, obviously bearing in mind he tried (laughs) to get rid of sevens, but they're all probably in the best position they've been for about, I don't know, Ever, <laughs> it's some interesting yeah. points, and he he has touched pretty much every facet of like the elite game in Scotland. In the press release today, it said following the appointment of Vern Cotter, um, Scott Johnson oversaw the development of the academy, the sevens, age grade, and the Scottish qualified programs. It's difficult to say that they're not in um, in better shape. He was also um, responsible for securing the head coaches, including Vern Cotter, Dave Rennie, and Richard Cockrell. So, what because is the, the legacy yeah, of Scott the, Johnson? The coach's point is a really interesting one. I hadn't, I hadn't thought of that before. Yeah. I think I, I understand the reasons why he was vilified. I mean, he's a bit of a joke to look at, like, like genuinely. <laughs> and, like, the things he says, the things he says, like, come, he comes across as a moron. Yeah. And I also think that he hadn't done a great job where he was before in Wales. And then he just seemingly was elevated to this position of director of high performance rugby after coaching, but doing a bad job coaching. Yeah, that's exactly and pissing off a lot of people, including as Alan said, going into the changing room of the seventh team supposedly before yeah. a final or whatever, and telling them their jobs were were up. Yeah, I mean, I think that absolutely sums it up. I think the the crux moment in the relationship with Scott Johnson was when he was the interim coach before Vern joined. Yeah. Lowest um, lowest win rate of a Scotland coach in the modern era, and then all of a sudden he actually gets a promotion. After and fo- doing falling out with John Barkley, Richie Gray, all these kind of guys. Alienating like, sort of... And I think just as well, when he came in, he sort of just ran a bit roughshod um, over the game as a whole. And you know, coming out and saying things like he doesn't really care about the club game. I don't yeah. know if he's said that explicitly, but that's definitely the impression he gives. It just, well, just the, rubs people up the wrong way. The argument was that he was the one who had said that the club game wasn't fit for purpose. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of people on the club side who sort of, whilst he's not maybe the, the architect of Super 6 itself, probably the, he, he was right there at the beginning of being like, this needs to change. If he was from Kelso, there wouldn't be so many issues as yeah. well. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think that that uh, is a point. But he is heading back off to Australia, who are in an awful lot of trouble, heading into a World Cup year next year. So we will see how good he is, I suppose, from afar, and he won't be here anymore. So I suppose what will be very interesting is who do they replace him with? Because that is an yep. extremely serious job and an important role for Scotland as we go into the World Cup and beyond. So we will keep our eyes on that. 
So lots of signings news, particularly coming out of Glasgow this week. This morning, confirmed, Sam Johnson has re-signed at the club and he is one of a week of signing seven, one every day this week coming out of uh, Glasgow. Um, and the, the social media team, if you, if you are on, on social media, they put out silhouettes of every single one of who it's going to be with a corresponding day. So who do we think they are? So I think there's probably other people on Twitter who seem to have more time than, than we did. <laughs> did there was a lot of like crime watch style sort of um, analysis going on today, wasn't there? Slash potential stalkers. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, call it what you will. Call it what you will. No, George Horn looks like it's going to be Tuesday. Yep. And we, uh, we tried to get it out of Adam Hastings, but it looks like he's probably going to be Wednesdays. If it isn't him, somebody's had a haircut to look like Adam Hastings. <laughs> <laughs> big Gav signed up. Oh, take it. <laughs> and then, what was it, Friday, Xander Ferguson. Saturday looks like Scott Cummings. And then the big post-1872 reveal looks like it's going to be Hugh mm. Jones. Yes, after protracted negotiations and almost yeah. going to Leicester. There's been quite a lot briefed in the past few days as well that it looks as if Jones is going to sign on as well. Yeah, it seems that that is the way it's going. So let's assume that those are the seven that are coming this week. Well, we didn't mention the seventh. We didn't mention Kebble as well. Thur- thur- Thursday looks like it's going to be either Lee Jones or Grant Stewart. Oh, yeah. Lee Jones or Grant Stewart. Which seems strange that those are the two that we can't decide between. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Very strange identikit silhouettes that they've got. I, know. I think it's Lee Jones. For what it's worth, yeah. Oli um, Kebble as well, re-signing. and Kebble was not part of this sort of yeah. grand signing at the end week. of last week, which is another great bit of business. So, let's assume those sevens come, those seven come in. Kebble's already in the door. Seymour's already in the door. I mean, are Glasgow looking good for next season already? Yeah, I think so. It, it's just a really good sign of the continuity, and it's a mix of like young up-and-coming guys like Xander Fagerson, even George Hornstill and Scott Cummings, and then a bit more of the experienced guys, and guys that have played well this season. So, no, it's looking pretty positive. It feels maybe a bit more focus. They've had a bit more focus on the backs than the forwards. Mm. Like, there's still quite a few of the big-name forwards that are, uh, that are waiting to be signed up. So I think Ryan Wilson's obviously still running out. I'm pretty sure Matt Fagerson... Yeah, Ferguson, they want to re-sign. Yeah, Darcy Ray, Jamie Batty, Adam Ash, all waiting to be signed up. So, I mean, yeah, I'm sure there's going to be more coming out, but it's uh, good to get those back, young, exciting backs yeah, exactly. locked up. Absolutely, and we will see how that progresses through the week. Um, more news this week. The coaches for the Super 6 have been confirmed with some big name transfers between the sides. Matt, you've got this one covered. Yeah, so I think we actually tweeted about it quite a few months ago. It's sort of been leaked, but now confirmed. Um, So there's a few guys staying at their clubs, like Peter Murchie at Air, uh, Steve Laurie at Watson's, uh, Rob Christie at Melrose. And then the kind of new announcements are Ben Cairns Cairns moving from Curry to Sterling. Um, I think he definitely would have stayed at Curry if the option had been there, but he's moving. Um, Graham Shield to Barramir, which is maybe a bit left field. And uh, Kieran Beattie, who has been coaching at Loughborough, um, has been a performance analyst at the SOU before and used to be a pro at the Borders, but probably not that well-known a name, um, is going to Harriet's. So it's good, it's good to have them all clued in. And what was Graham, what was Graham Shield been up to? Uh, like skills coach. coach for the broader set. I'm not 100% sure, actually. But he but seems to be sort of an elite performance the, coach, yeah. But it's, it's quite interesting that the 
supposedly the the um, preparations for the Super Six are going to actually start in the new year. So Ben Cairns is going to kind of be working with Stirling County, and Curry have basically relieved him of his coaching duties. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. So it's um, uh, I can't remember who is coaching instead at Curry, but he's not. I mean, he might still be involved, but he's not going to be the full time coach there. That is quite a move indeed. Um, speaking of elite Scottish coaches, but possibly one that you've not heard of as much, Clark Laidlaw, cousin of Grieg, has been named this week New Zealand Coach of the Year. He's the current coach of the New Zealand Sevens side. Matt, what do we know about him? Well, he's worked in a lot of kind of high performance environments, um, including, uh, I think, the Borders when they were still uh, about London Irish as a skills coach. Um and then, yeah, New Zealand Sevens team as well as an assistant coach and then and the head. Um, I mean, it's, it's quite amazing. You can't think of many non-New Zealand people who are given a coaching role within the setup. So they must think really highly of him. I mean, I literally can't think of anyone who's coaching in New Zealand, maybe apart from Ronan O'Gara. Exactly. not. And then once again, that's a complete novelty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting to see if he ever makes his way back. And uh, He has got experience in the 15s game, not just 7s. Yeah, yeah. As, as I said, I think he was skills coach at London Irish and amongst a, a few other bits and pieces in New Zealand. So I'm sure he'd love to come back to Scotland, but maybe it's a pretty good gig being New Zealand 7s he was, coach. He was also part of the Scotland 7s team at the 06 Commonwealth Games. What a side. That were knocked out in the group stages by Canada. So <laughs> Keep that under your hats for a future quiz yeah. about Commonwealth yeah. Games 7s. Well, we will keep an eye on Clark Laidlaw. Um, right, tennis premiership with Matt. Lots of weather conditions, but give us the rundown. Yes, yeah, so a couple of games called off. Hawks against Curry and Barmier against Ackies. Um, Harriet's continuing strong run of form um, by putting 54 points past Stirling County. Um, how it's looking good for um, sort of dark horses coming into the playoffs. Uh, Watsonian's got a really good win away at Hoyk in the rain, 13-12, which didn't look like the most exciting of matches, but yeah, going down there in the rain is a really good victory. Um, that sounds really dark. Oh, it looked dark. <laughs> um, and Air beat Melrose at the Greenyards, 32-15, with Fraser Climo and Song. Um, Air bouncing back after, I think, three defeats in a row. So, yeah, looking st- tight at the top still. Um, and poor Aki's still at the bottom with zero wins to the name. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Terrible. Um, thank you very much for that. Tennis Premiership with Matt. Um, right, let's cast our eye to Europe, starting first with Glasgow securing their second win in a week against Leon, this time at Scotston. Um, we've had a chat with Adam Hastings, who was pulling the strings at 10 on Saturday afternoon and we started off by asking him just how bad it was playing in those weather conditions. <laughs> it was horrific. It's the worst conditions I've ever played in. Um, I just honestly can't explain it. Like just trembling on the pitch, just viciously shivering before half time. It was it was not pleasant yet. And and to add insult to injury, picked up a bit of a shiner. How's that how's that looking? Uh, I was all right. I was worried at first. I went all numb, so I thought my teeth had come out, which would be shocking because they're on show all the time. But uh, it was the one game I forgot my gum shield as well, so um, I, I was a bit, I was a bit gutted. But now nah, I'm all good now. Yeah, I thought the you mentioned just before half time that little stoppage. I thought Nico Matuali was just going to walk off. I thought he was done. Oh, honestly, what? So they were lining up the kick and. Uh, 
Ryan Wilson went up to the ref and offered them the three points. <laughs> uh, being genuinely serious as well, um, I wouldn't have minded giving them the three points, to be honest, but I was just praying he wasn't going to hit the post because I don't think I could have dealt with two more minutes of defending that crap, but oh, it was all right. That's absolutely amazing. I mean, you guys, the, the feeling in the camp must be absolutely... Great. I mean, nine points from two games um, against Leon, setting yourself up pretty well to hopefully get out of the pool in the new year. Yeah, I think we started really well on Saturday night. Um, then just after 25 minutes, I think it was just the cold that, that got to us or whatever. And um, I don't know if it affected decision-making or whatever, but we just seemed to kind of button off a bit. And yeah, obviously a bit gutted not to get, get another bonus point there, but Luke will take it, eh? I'll win it home to Leon's, not bad, and then, yeah, sets us up nicely, as you said, hopefully. And a nice opportunity for some, some nice young talents come round in the sort of the rotation of the squad. Stafford McDowell, in particular, making big waves in the Glasgow team now. Um, how impressed have you been with him sort of stepping up to that level? Yeah, no, seriously impressed. Yeah, I was watching it all. Um, obviously, I was kind of away when, when he um, was being involved the past kind of month or so, but now nah, he's been classes. It's just really good, obviously. You know, the young boys, every time a young boy gets a shot, they seem to take it really well. and um, You know, they kind of stand up to the challenge. So, yeah, like, it's been nice seeing him get a go, and, and I think he's been enjoying himself, which is which is also good for him. Are you looking forward to the 1872 Cup match? Yeah, no, it should be good fun, obviously, playing a few a few of the boys. Um, so I'm looking forward to looking forward to playing uh, Big Blair. We were, we were roommates on tour together, so... Uh, all looking forward to getting stuck into him. And I guess because you were in the under twenty squad with him and Darcy Graham, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. So um, I we went down to Manchester together. That was our that was our World Cup. Um, oh, nice. So I, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to playing them. Them too. It should be good fun and and a few others as well. So should be pretty tasty. Hopefully. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very exciting. All the chat now is the sort of the big rivalry. So I don't know if you've got any trash talk that you want to throw at Blair or any of the lads. We'll give you that opportunity. <laughs> nah, it's all right. I'll give him a bit of crap on the pitch. But um, <laughs> I, I had an interview today. I wasn't sure whether I'd, I'd go down that road, but I've steered clear. Um, all right. You know, I've, I've been the bigger man, so it's all right. All right, good stuff. Um, so, I mean, look at Edinburgh. They're obviously, they're, they're turnaround in fortunes in the last two years has been really impressive. How do you prepare to play against a side like Edinburgh? I think a lot of the time with these with these derby games, they just kind of become like arm wrestles. Um, I don't I don't know why. You know, you see a lot of kind of derbies, um, you know, in England as well. And you know, one team might be a lot better than the other one, but they all seem to be tight games. So we're just kind of trying to focus on ourselves this week and and just our kind of our process um, and approach to all, and not worry too much about about what they're going to throw at us. Um, yeah, just really focusing on us and, and making sure we nail all the things we do and then hopefully go out and, and put a few points on them. No, looking forward to a good game. The 1872 hasn't been a, a classic the last few years. <laughs> Going back to the summer, you uh, were obviously picked for Scotland, had your debut against Canada. How did you find sort of the summer tour? Um, yeah, no, it was quality. Obviously, I, I didn't expect to go away at all. And then, cause I'd only played about seven games, I think, and then... Obviously, Gregor uh, came into training one day, um, and I trained like an absolute idiot. And I was thinking, <laughs> well, if I had any chance of going, I've just blown it there and then. Um, and then he, he pulled me aside at the end and told me I was going. So yeah, it was, it was awesome. But no, it was a, it was a cool tour. Obviously, uh, Canada. I went to Vancouver and, and Edmonton, and Vancouver was awesome. Then up to Houston in America, and then 
obviously to Resistencia in, in Argentina, which, which wasn't the nicest of places, but they treated us well. So no, it was, it was a good little tour. I was happy with it. Well, you must have thought that Argentina was going to be this big step up. And then in that first 40 minutes, I think you and George Horn must have made about seven clean breaks between the two of you. Yeah, I don't really know what was going on that day. Uh, <laughs> oh, look, I think we just started well and then just kept pressing them. And uh, I don't know, for whatever reason, they might just they just didn't seem that up for it that day, obviously, compared to the autumn there, where I thought they were they stood up a lot better. Um, but yeah, no, look, it, it was a good game. And I think I think we played well that game, but yeah, they didn't play too well. So I'll look, we'll take it. Eh? Yeah, definitely. So, and, and going back to the... That, that return fixture um, in the autumn, how, how was it playing um, 10 with Finn outside you? Is it something that you guys had prepped quite a lot? Is that sort of something that's in the long-term thinking of, of Townsend and the Scotland squad? Uh, oh, I think me and Phil have spoken about it a few times when we were hammered, but that was about it. Um, <laughs> I think Gregor, uh, I, Gregor, he's kind of said it evolved over over the kind of whole process of, of the autumn. So I think maybe when when I went on against Fiji and, and we combined nicely, that might have contributed to it. I'm not really sure, but I look, it, it was good fun. You know, obviously Finn, Finn's a, a really good communicator, so it was nice having him outside me. It was just a shame it, it wasn't better conditions. I felt that kind of held us back a bit. Kind of going back to sort of the start of your career, how how different was sort of the Bath Academy or just Bath in general to kind of what you've got at Glasgow at the moment? I don't know. They love their gym down south, so you might not believe it. You might not believe it looking at me, but I did a shitload of gym down there. Um, I don't know. I think I, I had, you know, my first year I had Mike Ford there, um, and you know there was obviously a, a lot of kind of stuff going on in the background. Um, but my second year I had Tobias Matson and Todd Blackadder. They were they were my coaches, and I think the Kiwi coaches, you know, really push skills and and they're really big on their fitness. Eh? So. I mean, moving up to Glasgow, definitely, I've, I've been doing a lot more fitness. Um, and then my second year at Bath, obviously, did a lot more fitness than my first year. So, um, yeah, they just drive their skills loads. It's not too much different, to be honest with you. It's just more more gym. That, that was the only thing I could differentiate. So this morning, um, Sam Johnson confirmed signing on to uh, to Glasgow for another year. Um, and they, I don't know if you've seen the social media team have put out some silhouettes of some more deals coming up. Um, the Wednesday looks like it's got a similar haircut to you. Anything that you uh, you want to tell us? No one has a similar haircut. To me. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, look, I can't I can't disclose that information. I've been uh, I'm gonna have to be tight-lipped there. That's absolutely fair. I mean, your your haircut is quite unique, so I suppose we'll just have to wait and see what Wednesday brings. Uh, listen, Adam, thanks a lot. Um, you're off to to Hugh Jones's birthday party, I believe. I uh, no, not quite his birthday party. I think. Just a little dinner at, at Hoggy's, Finsby Flatiron, one of his many ventures. So I think he's sorted us out of the table. So should be good fun. Does he give you any discounts or are you having to pay full whack? No, full whack. He's a tight arse. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, enjoy that. And we're looking forward to, to watching the 1872 at the weekend. Uh, go well and we'll speak to you soon. Oh, thank you very much. Cheers for having me on. I wonder if that is the only occasion where a captain has offered the other side points in a European fixture. Quite something. I think common sense as well would dictate that everyone would be happy with that outcome. 
including yeah. the ref and including the Leon players. <laughs> <laughs> get off, get in the sheds. I imagine the ref was like, I would like to do it, but... Yes. <laughs> I'd get in trouble. Yes. <laughs> I would literally lose my job. Well, considering there was that big like, furore about the guy who had started a rugby match by playing rock, paper, scissors yeah, as opposed yeah. to flipping a coin. <laughs> Can you imagine if yeah, there was just was, a gentleman's he was, agreement? Yeah, he was reprimanded for it. Yeah. Ridiculous. But really, really interesting to hear from... Um, from Adam there, and I love the idea of him and Finn out on the pace, just being like, what if we played 10 and 12? <laughs> and just like going up to, to Townsend and being like, yeah. come on, <laughs> come on. Just imagine them on the piano at Fingers, just like, yeah. what could be? Yeah, I know, I know. Uh, what, what was as well. Um, right, let's focus back on the European game then. Um, Glasgow winners in the end, 21-10, with a Nico Matuali double, and Hastings adding all the extras Alan, why don't you start off with your top-line thoughts for us? I think my top-line thoughts was it was a pretty terrible game. Leon dominate, probably dominated more than Glasgow, but Glasgow just had that little a bit of class mm. in Hastings, Hogg and Nico, essentially, yeah. to just get a big enough lead early doors and then just hold on in what... Honestly, I think that might be the worst conditions I've ever seen in a in like a club game. Yeah, I mean, when you've got Callum Gibbons talking to the referee and he's got his hands underneath his armpits, like you know, it's absolutely Baltic. He's a hard man. Yeah, he was yeah. sitting when he went to the sin bin. He was given they brought him out a hot water bottle and stuff like yeah. that, and they were like sharing it around. It is mm. ridiculously Baltic. But I mean, you mentioned Stuart Hogg there and his touches of class. It was his little grubber kick through for Matuwali's try in the first minute, and then again. His really nice run from the blind side, setting up yeah. Nico's yeah. second. Just really those nice. really nice little touches. That bit of intelligence to his game that he brings as well. It was disappointing though, because at that point, with sort of two tries up, looked really in control, playing the weather conditions, and then it just sort of seemed to fall away. And I think the the kicking game left a lot to be desired. There were still attempts to run it out from the twenty-two, which just I don't know just indicated a lack of, lack of control for me. And yeah, as you said, Leon. Second string or something on did did play pretty well to be fair to them. Yeah, I I, I say I don't think it was a particularly good game. A lot nah. of mistakes and a, a lot not just sort of skill mistakes, but actually felt as you said quite a lot of tactical errors yeah. in terms of kicks or running yeah. when it's not on. But in that weather, just getting out with the four points, putting yourself in a good position to get the the home bonus point win yeah. versus Cardiff is exactly, exactly. what they needed yeah. to do. Yeah, I think Adam Hastings said he's like, you know, you'll take four points in those conditions. You just touched on it, Alan. So two games to go in the pool. They've got they're sitting on fourteen points, Glasgow. Yeah. Uh they've got Cardiff Blues at Scotston. Yes. And then away at Allianz Park. It it looks like even with a non bonus point win, you're probably gonna go through mm. as um as a second runner up because I think it's pool two. Is it pool two with Munster next to like there's no way someone's coming out of there from a second place yeah, yeah only from one a team's second getting place yeah and it, you're more than likely gonna not see at least one of the other three second place teams get past 18 points yeah so but obviously you want to get the bonus point win to try and get further up mm. that um up the leaderboard although i was looking at some of the projections that were coming out and quite a lot of them were saying that we'll end up playing saracens yeah away i i, I was gonna I know. say that surely they should figure out how that doesn't happen. Yeah, I mean, that's like, what they're doing like the Champions League. Yeah, exactly. It's like today with a draw. <laughs> yeah. You can't play the team. It, it just seems it. ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and although, I honestly, 
I mean, it'd be interesting to see how Saracens play against Exeter. Saracens aren't playing as well as they were at the beginning of the season. But yeah, no, the last two games against Cardiff, they've not, not played that well. And Cardiff have been in it at half-time both times. And Glasgow are a lot better than Cardiff. Yeah. Nice try for Sean Maitland, though, for Saris. Yeah, Absolutely lightning on the outside again. Yeah. yeah. So, so good. I think um, the only disappointment of this, I know George Turner's injury hasn't yeah. fully come out, but with Fraser Brown out for eight to ten weeks, mm. Turner's looked pretty... Well, his ankle, was it? Yeah, yeah, he was He was hooked very, very quickly. And you know what? I actually think Grant Stewart's a, a good enough replacement to sort of bring in. I don't think... You obviously don't lose... You lose a bit of that a ball carrying and also kind of combativeness. But... Who's the next hooker? I was going to say... James Malcolm? But he's he's been loaned out. Caught him back, though. Kevin Bryce? I think he's a... Yeah, prop slash hooker. I imagine they will call back... If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to Amazon.com slash news ad free. That's Amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. James Malcolm. Yeah, have to. Yeah. yeah, that is a new hooker crisis, not only for Glasgow, but for Scotland. And we will, there has not been a report on, um, on George Turner's condition as of yet. So keep an eye out for that. Um, we'll put it on social media at Thistle Rugby Pod when we know anything. Um, well, over to Edinburgh, down to Kingston Park, should I say. Um, a very, very impressive Edinburgh win, 21 points to eight with wee Jimmy um, and Duhan van der Merwe getting tries um, and van der Bolt adding the points. Um, Matt, what did you think about this one? I mean, yeah, as you, as you say, it's on paper an impressive win going down to Kingston Park um, at a ground where Falcons have had a lot of success in the last year or so. It Once again, it was a pretty average game um, and Edinburgh, I think, actually played pretty poorly. They made so many errors like yeah. they must have knocked the ball on about yeah. six or seven times in the first 20 minutes alone. Um, and it seemed as if Newcastle were breaking the line in that first sort of 10 minutes with a lot of ease, um, culminating that Sonotti try. But I think to be fair to Edinburgh, um, they've just got like, you know, players like Van der Merwe and I thought Kinghorn played pretty well. That bit of quality and 
overall better pack that got them over the line. Yeah. I mean, I I generally think Edinburgh was so budget the last two games and to come out again with nine points. Yeah. I guess it's a bit of a testament to probably a that four the four pack just having that mm. a little bit more class and then also ho- I guess probably a bit of the sort of grit that Cockrell has sort of brought that team. It's the attack's a bit of a worry though. Like when Hickey was starting, it looked like when Van der Vault was coming off the bench, he was bringing a bit more of that attacking mm. edge. But now that Van der Vault's starting, he doesn't seem to be bringing much. And whilst Pergos has a few, did have a few touches of class with that chip and that long pass yep. in the second try, there's just something just fundamentally not working about Pergos, Van der Vault, Dean, and Wee Jimmy. Yeah, and I think it doesn't help that it does seem as if Edinburgh change those combinations quite often. And and these are guys, you know, who haven't played with each other anyway. Like even Johnson's pretty new to the system. Um Van der Vaal and Pergos are effectively new signings over the last couple of years. Like these guys need time to bed in, but it's just disappointing when you do have like Van der Merver. Graham got the ball only a couple of times, but he did something whenever he got it. Yeah. Um and we know what Kinghorn can do. Yeah. And you've got a pack that's going to get you quite good ball. It's just, yeah, when it gets released yeah. out the back, it just looks ponderous and error-strewn. Yeah. There's another big game performance uh, performance from Hamish Watson, another Man of the Match award. What is it about big games that he just sort of, he never seems to perform poorly when the pressure's really on? I actually thought in the first half, he was probably beaten by Hardy. Yeah, so Hardy played really well in that first 40. First 40, Hardy had turnovers, a couple of big hits, specifically on Watson as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think Watson is a big time player and sort of stepped up again. Did you see Graham's dump tackle on Hardy? Uh, yes. Oh, so good. It was <laughs> absolutely massive. <laughs> yeah, I and I think it got turnover after it or penalty after it, actually. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, I, thought, no, um, I thought actually Luke Hamilton coming in had a pretty good game. Uh, yeah. Made himself useful, like did, did the hard, hard yards. I suppose that's his job when you've got Watson and Matta on the other side of the back row, but I thought he was actually pretty good. Yeah, and I guess with that, front row now in the f- in the scrum you're just like we'll probably be fine and showman was good when he came on yeah yeah Schumann he just showman. shows it up he, he was shows good. it up sorry yeah massively and edinburgh in in the driving seat of a pool with montpellier newcastle and toulon in it sitting on 15 points after four games they're going away to toulon in the new year we're going to be there i'm very excited about that and then montpellier coming up to murrayfield to close out that group Again, it's it's theirs to lose. So they just need one win. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Although I'm a gambling man, and I think Montpellier would be my favourites. To top that group? To stop that group. They're going to go to Newcastle Well, now. in fact, even if Edinburgh get one win, well, if Edinburgh Montpellier get, could if, catch them? Yes. Yeah. They could, yeah, if they win both with bonus points. So you could end up in a position where Edinburgh get to 19 points because it's unlikely they would get a bonus point win against Toulon. Yeah. And Montpellier could still catch them. Mm. Um, but that's Toulon definitely out now. So yes. Toulon on six points, bottom of the group. And they're so struggling in the top 14, so... I like to... I don't know. It's at home. That I, I, I don't think they're the type of team that are going to sort of play a, a like scratch like side. Last week, Toulon were like, you know what? Screw this! <laughs> yeah, I'm getting. We're getting Esther Beth, and we're getting Miller Scudder. I've had enough. Yeah, yeah. No, we're yeah. getting in the big names. <laughs> we're going back to old, and we're going to literally just get some it's big staffers in the pack and some it's big. Be exactly the same though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're all over the shop. I, I think 
I think we're more. Do you think Edinburgh more likely to win that away game than Toulon than that home game against Montpellier? I still think they can win that home game against Montpellier. Yeah. No, no. I think they, you forget how close they went to beating Montpellier away from home. If it hadn't been from yeah. that marginal decision from Stuart Barnes, from the sort of Bradbury, um, uh, Bergen yeah. crossing yeah, yeah. type decision, that was a try. That was a win. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I think they can compete in those sort of games. But I don't know. I disagree with you on the Toulon thing. I think they're exactly the sort of team to... Um, just say we cannot be asked with this match. What is what is this game for us? Yeah, middle of January, nothing on the line. That is exactly the sort of game. That you win that, and then all you need is a a single bonus point at home to Montpellier, which isn't mad. No, and you deny them a bonus point. Um, yeah, I mean, the thing I is, can't see Montpellier coming to Edinburgh and getting a bonus point win. I can see them winning, but I can't see them getting a bonus point win. Yeah, I'm not really sure how it works in terms of head to head. And I think we don't want to get in two into that technicality. Yeah, yeah. point win. Let's cut that but, there. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll just cut that. Let's there. just enjoy the fact that Edin- we're talking about Edinburgh needing to beat Toulon and Montpellier to stay to get through to the quarterfinals of the Champions Cup. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to listen back to our season preview, but I'm pretty confident we would have said Edinburgh were going to bomb out of. Um, I didn't the say Champions I was. Cup. I was quite confident. You, you were the Alan. You were the one that was a real neg. I think got through. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, fair enough. And people say I'm biased for Edinburgh. All right, so that was the European Cup. We'll be back to that in the new year. But for now, for the ultras, a quiz from Alan. Yeah, so we're gonna go, we're gonna go with World Cup theme. World Cup nice. theme. Um, and the first sort of two World Cups I'm going at is going to be a specific Scottish theme. The last World Cup, all hell breaks loose. We're looking at tier one countries. I'm breaking type. Wow. Okay, <laughs> sounds good. Okay, that sounds good. Let's go for it. Right, kick us off. 2011 World Cup, last game against England. Need to win to get through to the quarterfinals. We obviously lost 16-12. Yep. Who was the starting 9, 10, 12, and 13 for Scotland in that game? 9, 10, 12, and 13. And you know what? Multiple friends of the pod. Multiple friends Multiple of the pod. Multiple friends of the pod. Wait, so 9, 10, 12, 13? Yeah. Who have we had on the pod? <laughs> <laughs> I know, that, that's throwing me there. Should we, come back, should we go do it now? Or should we just come back at the end? Yeah, let's, go, let's do it now. Yeah. Do it now. All right, give me you your nines. Blair. Blair. Blair is correct. The first friend of the pod. <laughs> first friend of the pod. Great Who to see started him. at 10? Oh, this is where the friend of the pod comment threw me, but I'm going to stick with Dan Parks. Who have you gone for? I had Dan Parks as well. Ruri Jackson. Is it Jacko? Oh, I was thinking Goldman. Oh, my Lord. Parks came on for Jackson after four minutes. Oh, oh. I for- <laughs> come on. I forgot okay. we'd spoken to Jackson as well. Uh, who's, your, who's your 12? Morrison. I've got a cross here. I was going to come back to it. <laughs> well, shall I say, who are your two centres? So you got Morrison. Morrison and Ansborough. Who have you got? Oh, I put Sean Lamont at 13 for some reason. So at 12... Sean Lamont. Oh. <laughs> and I at 13, at 12, Ansborough. All four friends of the pod. <laughs> oh, I didn't think... If you said all four... Yeah, well, I didn't want to give it away. Yeah, fair enough. That's our era. I wouldn't, I've never got Lamont, though. At uh, 12. God, that was so I think, real yeah, Lamont and Ansborough. Of Scottish then, that back was, we, need, we desperately need somebody yeah. to try and get over the game. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then a back three of Daniele, Evans, and Patterson. So, all right, so I think that's two all. I'll take that. Yep. 07 Scotland Rugby World Cup squad. Oh, my <sighs> God. There is two players from that squad who are still 
professional rugby players. Still professional rugby players. I've definitely got one of them. The other one's quite rogue, but... And there's three people from that squad who retired last year. Oh seven, you say. Oh seven World Cup squad. And three that retired last year. I remember seeing a few... Was it Scotland-Portugal at Murrayfield? Yes. Yeah. The big one. (laughs) The biggie. Two names in that squad who still are professional rugby players. Ross Ford. That's correct. Uh, uh, Barclay. Did you have Barclay? No, unless <laughs> I spelt it Strokosh. <laughs> <laughs> I may have misspelt it. <laughs> now you say that, I'm like, is Strokosh yeah. in the squad? <laughs> I don't know if he was. Well, he's not playing anymore. So um, I, thought had, he was, had, I thought he was in his last year at Perpignan. Was that last year? No, he's, he's, um, he's coaching. Oh, okay. He's a strength and conditioning coach oh, at Edinburgh. Of course now. he is. Uh, I, Craig Smith, who I thought was still kind of Technically a pro in France. I think I think we always just say this because no one's updated his Wikipedia page for like four <laughs> years. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna say he's not still. <laughs> and Strokosh actually wasn't in the squad. And who are your right, three that helps me out. three people in the 07 squad who retired last year? One a Melrose legend, Kelly Brown. No, Kelly. Oh, that Brown. was my that was All my right. Mel- <laughs> that was my Melrose legend. Kelly Brown was yeah. the year, year after year before. Uh, Current um, Melrose legend. Scott Lawson. Scott Lawson uh, was one. Of course. Ali. Oh, uh, give us some clues. Well, so Ali, Ali Hogg. Hogg. Ali what, Hogg. Give us a clue for the other one. Gloucester and Edinburgh. Jim Hamilton. No. <laughs> uh, Who else went? Strokosh. Nope. And then I think, I'm just checking this, I think he was also sale. Brian Redpath. <laughs> no. He retired from uh, rugby. And sale. I was right. Edinburgh, Gloucester. Mosley, okay. Sale, Wait. Edinburgh. High School of Dundee. Dickinson. Dickinson, yeah. Ah, very, very good. He retired a right of injury. Completely forgotten about those sort of years he had down south. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As, the wilderness um, years. Yeah. He went from Gloucester to Sale and then back to Edinburgh. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> so, I think I mentioned to you, Matt, that recently I've been re-watching the O3 two-hour yeah. Rugby World yeah. Cup it's a documentary. Classic. It's a classic. And one of the things that I thought about was how many of these players are still professional rugby players? In 03? So 15 years later, okay, in Tier 1 Nations, okay. and I'm putting six nations and rugby championship in this, there is eight people who have not officially people. retired from, from professional rugby. Okay. Okay. I know it's a tough eh? But how about you just chuck out some answers, see what, see what you get, okay. and then we can go. I can go in for some uh, some clues. Some clues. You All might right. need clues. Dave, kick us off. What have you got? Bristol legend George Smith. Correct. Bristol legend George Smith. Was he like thirty eight now? It's ridiculous. Still good. Um, yeah. Dan Carter. Dan Carter is correct. Contract with the Col- Colby Steelers till twenty nineteen. Won the top league. Today, yesterday, at the yeah, weekend? Yeah, like 55. Adam Ashley Cooper is playing for them as well. Yeah, yeah. Real Thank sides. Um, Matt Gitto is still playing in Japan. Matt Gitto is correct. He hasn't officially retired and he has an option for one more year, but he hasn't taken it yet. So I'm including Jeez. him in this. Um, three. Joe Rokothoko. Joe Rokothoko is Joe. correct. 2019 contract with Racing Metro. Still going strong. That's ridiculous. Dave? Sergio Parise. Parise is correct. Well done, old, mate. Nice. Old man of rugby. Old man of rugby. I think he was he about must have ni- been like 18. Yeah, I think he was literally like 18 when he went. 
still the best player for Italy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> right, I need some more clues. So uh, got, no, I've got. Uh, no, 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 sorry. So we have got one left. No, I've, I've got. Left. I've got another one. What? Uh, Schaltberger. Schaltberger oh, is correct. Saracen. Just completely shaved well head. Well done. So you got two left. Okay. One is a kiwi. Yeah. And the other one is Welsh. If you guys get the Welsh one, I'm buying you old, three WKDs. Extremely old Welshman. Start with the Kiwi one. It's been in New Zealand, it's been in France, and has now gone back to New Zealand. Two Rugby World Cup wins under his belt. Starter. He's played previously for both the Hurricanes and the Blues. Nonu. Nonu. He's been signed by Blues for next season. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. So, I didn't uh, know he was running in 2003. Yeah, it's when he had like, like the blonde going, kind of tip dreadlocks. He was like this monster 20-year-old. Yeah. There's people in New Zealand chatting about him being the <laughs> potential yeah, getting in that. this new... In He'll the be world. 37 by the next time the next World Cup. Absolutely. Unreal. Joke. And the Welsh one. Give me, some, give me a clue for the Welsh one. Um, front row. Adam Jones? Adam, <sighs> no, Adam Jones has officially oh, retired. He has. has he actually? Because I thought he was still running on for Quint. There, there is a couple of options here. Because Adam Jones officially retired in the summer whilst he like didn't Is Gethin Jenkins officially retired? Gethin Jenkins officially retired last he month. He did, didn't he? Yeah. He officially retired last month. Oh, yes, so he month. did. He did the walk-off. I remember that. But there is one more Welsh forward. Front, For, front row. Front row. Yeah. Give us another clue. Ospreys. Duncan Jones? No. I said it's niche, niche, niche. He's played for Bath as well, I think. Paul James. Paul James. Was he in the 03? Jeez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. He's, wow, wait. he's still playing for. So he's technically still in the Ospreys yeah. team. Hasn't yeah. played this season because of injury, but he is. I think he's like 37, 38. I was looking at. I did my research. He's got his own little bistro in Neath. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Good for him. There is definitely. Yeah. There is definitely some, mistakes. Some more. Some and some more people. Thanks, sure. last. Last week, we had our first mistake reported to us on Twitter within like three hours and 15 <laughs> minutes. So if you can yeah. beat that, please do let us know. But Paul James was the only home nations player I could find. He had like Donna O'Callaghan and Stringer, yeah. who obviously were out, went out last year. No, like Johnny Wilkinson was like the last Englishman. And I think Dougie Hall and Nathan Hines both went out in 2015 for Scotland. Yeah. yeah. And you had a few people like Rougerie, who obviously just yeah, finished last, last year. year. Who was like starting for France? It's ridiculous. It was a real, real, real nice, nice morning. Sounds like a nice yeah, morning. Yeah, it worked. Lovely. Like, it was like your birthday morning. Yeah. <laughs> well, that is absolutely one for the ultras, Alan. Yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> that is good. Right. So, leaving the quiz behind, let's look ahead to. I don't. I wasn't counting, but I'm going to assume that one. I, I did. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah. It was close until the final question. I'd Assuming say. Yeah. makes an ass of you and me. So yeah. <laughs> I think I won. Um, let's go into the 1872 Cup preview. 5.30 this Saturday evening at Murrayfield. Lads, what do you think of it? We talked about it with Adam Hastings. Not usually classic matches. He didn't give much away about Glasgow's strategy other than he didn't seem to want to get stuck bogged down in a, an arm wrestle with them Alan I'll come to you first what do you think is going to happen at the weekend um, I mean it'd be interesting to see what the weather is because I think obviously highly dependent on um, it's looking clear at least uh, well yeah like 20% chance of rain I just think Glasgow just don't want to get sucked into an arm wrestle yeah if they can they'll lose that yeah even with their new improved 2018 pack 
I still just think people like Gilchrist, Tulis, um, even guys in the back row, I think, are more suited to a bit of a yeah. scrap. And so I think if Glasgow really needs to try and keep the pace of the game high, but that's the th- they, those games never are though because the quality is not great, so you can't get a platform and things don't quite flow. Yeah. Which would favour Edinburgh. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be... I genuinely think it's close to a 50-50 call. Yeah, I'm really sure. And I honestly think whoever exerts their style onto the game will win. Yeah. If it comes into an arm wrestle, I think Edinburgh win. If it's a bit quicker, then I think Glasgow win. An arm wrestle like last year when Edinburgh were down to 14 men for 65 minutes and still won. And Christine like accidentally scored in the corner. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Really no, re- yeah, exactly. With a Nathan Fowles assist. What a dream. But I think this is probably the first year where you're sort of coming into it with almost like it's a, it's a coin toss. Yeah. I'd say. I mean, even think that last year, obviously, Edinburgh had made improvements, but we were still... Glasgow had been pretty much unbeaten until that point. Like, yeah. Well, at least in the league. You know, yeah. we're thinking this is going to be a Glasgow win, but uh, yeah, it's 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 a close one. And Luke, I know I I know Ollie Kebbles added an un- unbelievable amount to that Glasgow team, mm. but now that Fraser Brown and George Turner are out, yeah, I appreciate Darcy Ray's had a good season, but you're looking at a pack that includes Darcy Ray and uh, and Stewart, yeah, and it starts it's pretty to, green when you're up against McAnally, Dell, Schumann. Starts Bergen, to Bergen off the bench. Yeah. If again, Murray McCallum off the bench. Yeah. If you get if Edinburgh start to dominate both the scrum, potentially sort of the line out, like I said, just it's taken over. They don't need to score. They don't need yeah, to score yeah, tries. Exactly. Just bring it down. It also would be better overall if Edinburgh won. Yeah. In terms of the league. Yes. Because Glasgow, are fine. Glasgow, well, Glasgow, Glasgow losing every game, whereas Edinburgh aren't actually doing that well. Yes. In the league. Well, they're doing okay, but a win, think, w- a win would be really valuable for them at the moment. I think it would be really interesting to see what backline Rennie picks. Uh, whether he goes, I think what, your back three probably picks itself. What, DTH, Seymour Hogg? And then whether you go for like Horn Jones in the centres. Yeah. Because so if you hear that with Hastings. you go a bit more direct. Because if, if you do that with Hastings and George Horn, it's fucking... And you, yeah, get a nice flat, you get a nice flat track cam yeah, evening. Big pitch. Well, there's a big pitch. pitch. And also, they, if it is windy or the weather's not, you do get a little bit buffeted from the weather yeah. at Murrayfield than you would at Scotsland. Yeah. It's a... I just want it to be a good game. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's just, all we really want. We've been through so much. Come on, just give us a good 1872. Is that too much to ask? I know. Do you it's think the, the oh, pressure's on this... this so many different angles in terms of like their own season and qualifying for Europe, and then there's the national selection. Scotland matchups. Couple, yeah, a couple of key matchups though. You're probably gonna have, depending on selection, Ryan Wilson slash Ash versus someone like Richie. Yeah, which would be really interesting, specifically mm. if it's like a Ryan Wilson v Richie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. I like think to see that. at Scotland level, Richie's getting close yeah. to usurping Wilson yeah. in that. It Definitely, maybe yeah. in that position for sure. Um, so obviously, it's a huge motivation, even, and even like in the second rows as well. Like someone like Tulis, yeah, you know, wanting to break up the kind of Gilchrist Gray, and even Swinson, who seems to have been playing pretty well since he's come back from injury. Yeah, uh, I suppose the backs is like kind of less Scotland, 
Yeah, outside one of and like ones. Kinghorn and Hog. But that's no not really a battle, is it? And then no, the center is like in Glasgow than yeah, Glasgow. Yeah, 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 the back line for sure. Do you think Murrayfield holds like any sort of like fear for this Glasgow team coming through? Is it a home pitch advantage for Edinburgh? I think marginally the crowd will be more in favour of of Edinburgh, but. Yeah. I don't think there's any, they're not like oh, we've got to go and play at Murrayfield. <laughs> yeah. They literally go there all the time. So Scotston, like train on Murrayfield all the time. That's what so. I was getting at. I think Scotston is obviously such a fortress for Glasgow. It is absolutely Glasgow's stadium and they're unbeaten there yep. yeah. in the league for so long. All of those Scotland players have played at Murrayfield so many times. Like th- That's kind of like a real leveller. So you can uh, see it going. Yeah. And I, I agree with you though. I think if, if Edinburgh can get that win, it means much more to them in, t- in terms mm. of the Pro 14. Yeah, and after, be better for Scottish rugby for it, sure. And after two wins in Europe, maybe it gets that sort of momentum that they need to springboard into the new year. Do you not think also a little bit through some of the conversations we've had with the players and also just comments in the media that the 1872 Cup appears to mean a little bit more to Edinburgh than it does Glasgow? And that's because of the, the yeah. long success that Glasgow yeah, have definitely. had. I think you're right, but I, I do think at the same time that because Edinburgh have been better in this last year and a half, that it it is becoming more of a a contest and like an event that actually I think yeah. both sides are, you know, particularly Edinburgh, but I think even Glasgow now are like taking it maybe a bit more seriously because they know they're going to be really hard games. Yeah. Um, I think they probably respect Edinburgh a bit more, which, I don't know, doesn't necessarily lend itself to a better spectacle, but, you know, as an event, it's maybe a bit, there's a lot more going on uh, with it. Yes. Absolutely. Right. Well, I'll put it, put you guys both on the spot. Alan, coming to you first. Give me that prediction. Tell me what's going to happen at Murrayfield on Saturday night. Can I do that really annoying thing where I say, if it's shit weather Edinburgh, if it's good oh. weather Glasgow? You can, because you're a high-level pundit and you know how much the weather is uh, exactly. going to affect that yep. game. I'm going to say bad weather Edinburgh by less than seven, good weather Glasgow by more than seven. Interesting. Keep, keep your eye on the Met Office website then and then get your, <laughs> get your money down. <laughs> Alan has spoken. Matt, what about you? I think... I think Glasgow are still a better side, and I think Glasgow will sneak it by five. Lovely. I'm going to go for a gentleman's draw. Draw? No, <laughs> I'm not. Um, I think Edinburgh are going to win. I think this is them on the upward curve. It was this game last year that really started, that it really kick-started mm. their year. Yeah. That sort of against-the-wall win against Glasgow, and I think they need another event like this, and I think Cockers will get their backs up. Yep. You'll be really playing up the sort of like you guys have been the downtrodden sort of team. They've been treating you like shit for a number of years. Yeah. Mm. Here yeah. we go. That's what, that's exactly what Cockrell, I can see him saying something like that. So yeah. I'm going to give Edinburgh the benefit of the doubt. Nice. And we will be back with you guys. We are recording a pod first thing on Sunday morning. We're going to stumble out of Fingers Piano Bar into the podcast studio. And we're going to give you our thoughts before Christmas. So you've got one more pod from us this side of Christmas. Um, so we'll catch up with you on Sunday morning. Just one last thing. Uh, when I said earlier that Strokosh wasn't in the 2011 squad, I lied. He was. So he was. So he yeah. was. I was. So I was right. <laughs> Does that mean I win? No, it means actually you lose by more. Oh, yeah, it. I said it. Well, we can cut that out then. <laughs> um, fantastic. Right. Thank you very much for joining us, guys. As I say, get in touch with us on Twitter at ThistleRugbyPod. Follow us on Instagram, Thistle underscore rugby underscore pod. And please get into that mailbag, thethistlerugby at gmail.com, iTunes, Acast, wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe every week and you will have us in your inbox and we will be there. And we are coming back on Sunday 
to tell you what happened in the 1872 cup match. Enjoy your week and we will see you at the weekend. Cheers. See ya. Cheers. Subtle results. Still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia Gravis or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.